how's it going beautiful people hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world and this one today this was a q a that me and laura actually just recorded last night some of the things we talked about in this one went all the way from christ consciousness all the way to off-grid living and talking about some of our plans in the future it was a really cool hangout this one i really enjoyed it it's always great like i said when we um have these sort of styled hangouts um, it's just really cool you know it feels like we can actually we're, we're all in a room together sort of just hanging out and we you get sort of instant feedback in the moment reading the comments and answering the questions um so i, I like this style you know I'm, i've like as you guys have seen i've been doing a few more of these style um and sometimes i'll do normal podcasts where it's me just ranting into the microphone uh, but on this occasion i just think it's really cool to add this add the value of doing these sort of live q and that feels like a real hangout so i hope you enjoy them anyway um and if you can i would love to see you sort of join in on them if you keep an eye out on my instagram or you keep an eye out on the youtube page i normally schedule them a few days in advance so you can see when i'm going to do them so you can sort of um, get involved in them but anyway enjoy this one if you can as always check out the one-off donation option and the patreon page i'm also now offering um, some personal coaching as well if that interests you on your journey uh, enjoy this one anyway peace out here we go hello hello we're live how's it going everyone hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world we love doing these uh live q it's it's so cool that um it sort of feels like a hangout at times you know when we all get together and we just sort of read the comments and you you guys ask questions and we sort of get this instant feedback um straight away in the moment it's it's really cool um you know i was uh, the, obviously the, the nature of the title as well talking about you know it gets to a point in your life where you sort of see through the matrix see through um, the current illusion of the of the of the world you know and you start feeling that there's something not qu- quite amiss with the world like this uh the quote in the matrix you know uh, there's an amazing quote by a guy called um henry bergerson uh, he was a philosopher and he says that um so i talked about how some people are born with spiritual immune systems and they sooner or later give rejection to the illusionary current world view that's been sort of brought upon us through conditioning and it's kind of interesting because i feel like all of us out there we've all had them um all had them moments in our lives where we sort of look out look look upon the world with a sense of sort of you know there's something not quite amiss with the world there's not something something there's something out there that we haven't been told about in terms of uh, the mysteries in life in terms of our place in the universe and things like that and um i feel like i can remember in my life when um and i know laura's the same for this but i can remember very vividly when i was about I think it might have been eight years old or nine years old. <clears throat> and I remember this day where I was sort of, I was bored in my bedroom and I was looking outside at the window and I can remember just sort of looking up, um, outside of the window and thinking like, it's it's hard to explain. It's more of not a, it's not sort of a um, a word you can sort of contextualize or put into a feeling. It's more of a, a sort of a feeling of, of how when you look outside of the window, something's not quite amiss, you know, something's up with the world. And there's much, there must be more to this place, you know. And I kind of feel like as we go through, we grow older and older and older. I feel like, you know, the conditioning in our lives gets a lot deeper and deeper and deeper. And kind of we start, we stop asking them questions, you know. There's a, um, there's an amazing quote by a guy called Mr. Burgess who says, um, we somewhere along the along the journey, we started um, wondering too much about the self instead of wondering about the world outside of ourselves. And I kind of feel like sometimes along the way, 
many of us get lost along that way, you know, and we stop wondering about the mysteries of life. And I kind of feel like it's the mysteries of life are the things that drive us, you know, in life and continue to, you know, to to give us that sort of that that universal force to drive us forward to 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 think, you know, just what if, what if, um, something 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 more, you know, and um, it's kind of interesting because I feel like along the path, you know, um, a lot more some people, um, and I'm sure obviously you guys are in this camp as well. Some people start to remember, you know, start to remember the lessons start to sort of remember that there's more to this place you know some people just go chugging along in life and, and don't sort of question anything but more and more people like yourselves start question you know is this just a dream is it real you know is are we in a simulation but more and more people start questioning and i kind of feel like um like i said before some people have a deep knowing that there's, so, there's something more and a question that i keep asking myself is is that is this deep known is this sort of do some people um is it some some people come here with that at a higher level of knowing so that they can remember quickly or is it just the nature nature of this place it's by chance and luck that you watch a video or, or you find a new piece of information that you awaken to your true self you know it's kind of an interesting one do we already come to this place known or do we sort of um learn information by just chance yeah it's that, that dynamic between is it free will or is it the higher self that's that's orchestrating this all and I was watching um, Max Piers, how long ago was it? About a month ago. Yeah. And he was saying that people, when they come into this life, before they come in, when they're in the non-physical, they choose like what stages they're going to awaken. And he explained it like, you know, Christmas lights, how there's different lights along a, along this, what's it called? Along the wire. He said it like these different lights light up at different stages along your life. And it says that it coils around the spine and goes up the spine. So I thought that was interesting. I think I think that's the case, but I also think that there is a knowing in the back of our minds that something's not right. It's like that quote in The Matrix where Morpheus says to Neo, it's like, you felt it your entire life that there's something not, not right with the world. You felt it like a splinter in your mind. And I feel like that's that's always been there for quite a lot of people. I can't speak for everyone, but I definitely know it was there for me and I know it was there for you as well. I remember watching... Um, when I was about nine years old, watching Alex Jones's footage from Bohemian Grove, and as a nine-year-old watching like these people, like the highest members of society, the most rich and powerful people, like um, wearing robes and doing this ritual around like um, a statue of I think it's is it Moloch the owl? I don't know if it's Moloch or not, but anyway, like in doing like a fake child sacrifice to to Moloch. I remember watching that as a nine-year-old and being like, "What the hell is this place?" Like nobody in my reality was doing that sort of shit, but when you watch something like that, when you see all the the most powerful members of society taking part in something where they really do believe they're bringing forward an entity, it just makes you question. Like from that age, like what what is going on? It does it plants that seed in, and I think it doesn't really matter. Like if anyone, if we don't believe in that, it's the fact that the people that are in the highest positions of society believe that's the case. So, yeah. Yeah. Should we dive in on some questions? Yeah. Let's do it. Should we do it? I'll see one at the top. Uh, first question is by Arthur Good YouTube channel. It says, "Hey Dan and Laura, do you believe Christ really? Um, oh, sorry. Do you believe that Christ will really physically come back again, or is it just some sort of religious metaphor?" Uh, I think it's a metaphor. I think because. Because Christianity and religion is so established the way it is, 
I think people have a perception that, you know, when Jesus said he's going to be coming again, there's going to be a second coming. Because of how rigid religion has become, people are like, oh, well, it's going to be a sing, it's going to be a man, it's going to be, a, you know, a guy that looks like Jesus coming back and he's going to be performing these miracles. But what Jesus' message really was, was I'm no different from you. Like the kingdom to, of the kingdom to heaven is within man, I think is what, what he said. And I think why people are kind of missing it at the moment is because it's not what they expect it to be. They wouldn't expect it to be a woman that's embodying Christ consciousness. They wouldn't expect it to be a, maybe a black guy or or anybody else. It's um, it's. I definitely feel like it's a metaphorical way like, coming back. It's the it's the consciousness of Christ that's coming that's returning to the planet right now, and I think that is why there's such an attack on the heart chakra because the whole message of Jesus and Christ consciousness is the kingdom, like the way to get to God is through your heart chakra. And I think that's why we're, we're attacked at such a young age with um, a lot of propaganda and, you know, the television programs, watchers, cartoons as a child, as a child, the news, it's all to kind of draw us out of this. So that consciousness can't operate through you. And this is something that I've actually been really thinking about recently because I've mentioned before that I believe that the more you live in sin, which is just selling yourself out for short-term pleasure, it could be like um, eating junk food all the time or, you know, being lazy. The more you live in sin, I feel like darker agendas can operate through you. But I also believe that the more you clean yourself out and live through the heart, the more you operate through the, the most high. So I feel like that's why there's such an attack on the heart chakra to stop, you know, to stop us operating god's plan or god's will or you know the the most high plan of the universe yeah i love that i have a different spin on this because i feel like um you know i feel like i feel like the christ has never been a physical thing so um so what i try and describe is this so i believe that there was a guy who um at one time on the planet who was more enlightened than everyone else who had higher levels of consciousness but i would always say that that consciousness that came was never um was never individual through one person. It was just that that level of awareness and consciousness was at that time physically channeled through one person. You know, I kind of feel like maybe there was other people at that time on the planet who were also on that level of consciousness as well, but they weren't sort of, you know, um, biblically sort of put forward is sort of um, put off, put forward on a stage. But I feel like, you know, um, like Laura says, I feel like that consciousness, that Christ consciousness, it's it's not a it's not a person. You know, it's 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 a I don't even know what it is, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's consciousness, you know, it's consciousness that's invoked through each and one of us, you know, through our actions, through clearing out our emotions. Um, so I kind of feel like, you know, that Christ consciousness for me was never, it was never, a, it was never, it was never a physical thing, you know, it was a, it was a coming of, of, of consciousness that's within us all, you know, like Laura says, the kingdom of heaven's within, it's not outside of ourselves, you know, we all have the ability to, to ascend, you know, to them higher levels. And, you know, when you take, for example, you know, have these moments and it's this can come across quite egotistical. But when you have these moments of where you alter your consciousness and you get these divine moments of truth, you know, you you, you feel you, it's, it's like a known, you know, you know that you're God, you know, you know that you're Jesus Christ, you know, you, you know, you're the Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I feel like sometimes some people, um, I find this with religion, yeah, religion is not all bad, you know, if it makes you a better person, then uh, good for you. But I kind of feel like it um it takes the power from within and puts it outside of yourself. You know that someone else is my savior. Someone else is coming to save me, and um, but no one's coming to save you. You know the government's not coming to save you. 
Um, I kind of feel like the nature of this whole place is designed in a way for for you to take responsibility of your own consciousness and um, move through your own awareness. Because I kind of feel like at the end of the day, we're, we're all our own, like I said before, we're all our own Taurus field. We're all the, we're all the center of our own Mandela. And I kind of feel like um, once you really get that divine truth and you get the understanding that your lens of reality is the only reality um, and you sort of operate through that position and um, you'll start realizing how once you start operating from a higher form of consciousness, clearing your emotions out, clearing your traumas out, how the universe wraps around you in a very interesting um, and beautiful way. Uh, so I kind of feel like, you know, we are the, we, all of us within our own center of our Mandela's are the Christ consciousness coming forward, you know, we just work, all of us individually are just working towards that. 100%. Um, next question, Robert Downey says, thoughts on Michael Tellinger, uh, Ubiter's movement, free energy technology distributed by mere three hours work for your energy per week, etc. Yeah, so I spoke to Michael Tellinger on the podcast a while ago. Um, I kind of, um, I think it's really interesting what Michael Tellinger is doing. So I don't know if any of you guys know, but he is basically starting. Um, he's somebody who's been, you know, he's someone interested in many different topics, alternative history. He's uh, exposed a lot of information on the Anunnaki um, um the Adam's calendar and stuff like that. He's done a lot of interesting work on ancient history. Um, but the Ubit, the Ubit, I cannot pronounce it properly. I think it's called the Ubiter movement, the Ubiter movement. But it's basically, um, he's somebody who has spent his entire life trying to develop um, self-sustainable systems, like sort of living off grid and trying to sort of do it in a way that, um, that basically works, you know. And then just before I get get there as well, I actually don't dis I, I don't agree with all his principles on this actually because I kind of feel like some of the things that he mentioned in my podcast, seeing that this never works, um, I kind of disagree because I've been on the ground and I've seen it, seen how off grid living does actually work. But his premise is is basically that he is gonna he believes that what's the point in starting an off grid community when we already have the infrastructure within Monday society right now, we just have to change the mentality and the systems around it. So for example, he just believes that, you know, we can go into a whole town, we have the whole infrastructure and we can change the things within the town to sort of, to, to become more self-sustainable um, and more and live more conscious, you know? And I kind of, I do, I do agree with that. I definitely feel that that could be, that could be done. But I feel like, for me personally, I feel like to get to that, it seems like, you know, we're going to have to really clean a lot of things out, a lot of systems out, and it might, you know, it might take a lot to get to that. Um, one of the things he said in the podcast a while ago, he said that, you know, um, he says off-grid living, off-grid communities never work. Um, and I, I disagree with that because it, I was telling this to Laura the other week when we were, um, went for a walk in the woods, and I was seeing how, you know, in the media, you never, ever hear about the off-grid communities at work, you know. You only hear about the bad ones. You only hear about the guy who's touched up all the kids or the guy who sort of slept with all the women, you know. You never hear about the off-grid communities at work. You know, and I've been on the ground and I've seen sort of so many different off-grid communities that are flourishing and are working, you know. And to, to, to kind of sense, you know, they are operating in a place of abundance, um, if you want to use that word. So I kind of feel like it's an interesting one. Um, it's a really, it's really great that there is intelligent people out there like him who is trying to, you know, create infrastructure that um, that overse oversees and completely changes the, the nature of how we operate on in, in reality. Because I kind of feel like one of the things I loved about what I loved about Michael Tellinger's model is that he's really thought about it, you know. And so he probably he will he probably will make it ha happen, you know, because he's got that steel. Um, and it's interesting also how he's talking about the the free energy devices because we all we all know through life um one of the biggest things on this planet one of the things that's been suppressed 
is is uh, ways of living that are more conscious ways up you know i am um, that promote um, um free energy and things like that the it's evident to see you just have to look back in the history books of of different people who have invented cars that are run by water and um, people who have run energy systems the story of nikola tesla you know how his work was stolen and they were trying to suppress all his work this has gone on for years you know so it kind of seems like we do need new systems in place that do promote you know free energy to promote the greatest minds in the planet to actually get together um not allow corporations to sort of manipulate that and try and take away certain new ideas so that they can wait until they can commercialize it or maybe bring something up um so that they can um you know control it so i think there's it's 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 it, there's a lot a lot of that anyway yeah do you want to read that one so uh kevin duran says hi dan and laura what's your views on bill gates being the antichrist personally i think he is the prime candidate do you want to go first or should I? You can if you want. Um, I don't know. I think I think the Antichrist would be the, the polar opposite of what Christ represents, which is like, you know, uh, goodness, honesty, truth, living through the heart, being selfless. I think, I do agree, I think he could be the prime candidate because the, the opposite of that would be, you know, deceptive, um, putting yourself forward as like being being selfless but actually being very selfish and making a lot of um, money out of you know producing vac uh, vaccines and like kind of backdoor deals so I, d I don't know if he's like he would be the antichrist but I definitely feel like he embodies a lot of the the characteristics that the antichrist would um would have but I feel like there could there's a few people on earth that could take that role as well so I yeah definitely know. also Bill Gates as well could just be um could be just a an archetype within inside of our own selves is is the is that bad guy you know who we can kind of sort of use as is resistance in the collective consciousness, um you because know, I kind of feel like there's sometimes you know um you know I want to jump on the bandwagon I want to be like you know oh, Bill Gates is bad you know and there's times when I'm I see some of the things that he speaks about and I just want to sort of you know you know I want to take him around the corner and um with the with the boys for a couple of minutes, <laughs> but um you know we can't we can't do that you know because at the end of the day he's just a, he's he's just a human being just like like us you know um maybe or maybe people might argue that he's not you know, um but I feel like you know um I feel like sometimes. Laura talked about this a while ago, but she says about how, you know, some people have just lost the way, you know, some people have just lost the light. And um, maybe in his mind, you know, he does feel in his heart, maybe people disagree with this. There's times in my life where I just, I believe that he is the Antichrist, you know, but um, maybe he has just lost his way and he's lost that inner light. Because I kind of feel like we can all um, lose that lose that inner light, you know. Um, I was saying, to, saying this to you the other day about how I feel sorry for... Um, I feel sorry for this this you know this this place that we're living in so challenging you know um and I kind of feel like sometimes in life you know anyone could could sin anyone can sort of make a bad decision decision in their life I remember when I was younger some of the crazy shit that I used to do um some of the crazy shit that I've done I've seen people who's been younger kids now who've done that who've been put in prison um so I kind of feel like um and I'm not over exaggerating with that I'm really not um, so I kind of feel like we can all um, have moments of luck or, or, or something that happens in our immediate future that completely changes the trajectory of life. And it doesn't necessarily make us a bad person. It just It's just the nature of this place. Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe there's sort of certain laws or there's already a map rolled out before we even come here of certain life lessons that we have to learn. You know, but like, for example, Bill Gates, he... He could just be in a cycle with inside of himself where he's never done any work, and he's just sort of all he sees in his mind is that this place is a 
because I kind of feel like what Bill Gates sees this place as he's for me he's lost that whole sense of spirit and he believes that this place is a biological um, place where he can do whatever he wants you know he feels like it's the survival of the fittest and he can just he's out just to make as much money as he can you know he doesn't see human beings as like spiritual beings or entities um, he just sees spiritual beings as a as physical blobs of um of 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 um I don't even want to see them as muscle but, and bone yeah anymore. muscle and bone and he can just sort of just like ants in a colony do anything he wants um but you know we know we all know that this place is a lot more than that and you, and you can't do that but at the, end, at the end of the day as well he you know whatever whatever he does that isn't in a in a in a, isn't aligned with higher consciousness he will be judged upon that you know so um I kind of feel like regardless of what we say about him and what energy we give towards him, I kind of feel like, you know, he will, if if he is out of line in his own life, he will have to face that, face that at one point, you know, when he crosses over. But also think, like, would we be ascending at the, the rate we are without Bill Gates? Yeah, good point. I think he's like, you know, people choose, like some souls before they come in this life, choose to be that bad guy, that bad guy archetype or the, the evil person archetype to... You know, to maintain the polarity of the third dimension and to help us ascend spiritually. But, you know, I do kind of have sympathy for people that are in these positions because God knows what they would have grown up around. There could have been like examples of extreme trauma in their childhood. I don't want to judge and say like, oh, he's such an evil person. I would never do that because if I grew up in the same life experience that he had, I, I might be doing the exact same thing. So I don't know. I yeah, think definitely. it's just all part of the polarity. He does say some crazy shit, though, to say the least. He really does. He doesn't seem human at times. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when Laura's saying about the polarities of life, how sometimes we need an archetype in our own lives to, to, to develop us, there was an amazing story about a guy who had this psychedelic experience I heard a long time ago on a podcast, and he was speaking about how um, he took ayahuasca and he met the devil, and he was like having a conversation with the devil, and he said that the devil was... Um, he was starting. He had this conversation with the devil, and the devil made him understand that the devil was actually had to, you know, he had to. Someone in the in reality had to actually hold up the darkness on the planet, and the devil sort of took that role, you know, to create the polarity of life. Because you know, when you when you um when you get have these deep moments of realization, you realize that this place is full of these sort of this 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 polarity, you know, this between like the yin and yang symbol. There's there's a divine balance that's playing out right now between the light and the dark. And, um, you know, if, if, for example, say if the world was just sort of, it was all bliss, you know, and it was your sort of current idea of heaven and paradise, you know, would what what would that be like? You know, maybe it would get to a point where that would be, the point of existence wouldn't even be the, wouldn't be even worth living anymore, you know? And I know maybe for, maybe like Alan Watts says, for, for 35,000 years, you might be doing anything you want and it might be loving it, but then eventually you might want to create something that's a bit more testing, you know, where you've got someone like, uh, Bill Gates, you know, who's trying to sort of um, be, do all these nefarious things and stuff, you know. Just makes it a bit more spicy. Exactly, makes it a bit more spicy. So, I'm sorry if I butcher this name, but is it Gabia? Gabagia, no? Gabagia? I think it's maybe Gabia. I always get it wrong every week. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've already said sorry to you before. <laughs> um, she said, I had a thought today. Do you think people who have had it very hard in life, right from the get-go, for example, if they suffer from extreme physical and or emotional abuse in childhood, did bad things in their past life and the life they're living in and the life they're living now is a punishment for that. I think I wouldn't say it as punishment, but I think if when you kind of go to your life review after after the end of a life where you've probably been a really horrible person, I think you might choose to choose to incarnate in the life when you're when you're on the receiving end of that. 
to kind of because I think what source or God, whatever you want to call it, the universe wants is to have an ultimate, like to know everything, to know why it's here, what's like, what it wants to know, like the ins and outs of every single experience. So it would kind of make sense that your soul would want to be on the receiving end of something that you've probably gave out in a past life, which like, it's kind of scary to think like, what kind of shit have I done in a past life? Like, I don't, because you, you want to see yourself as a good person, but in reality we like I know that we can all be we could all do horrible things because of the experiences that we've had so yeah definitely yeah. I think I think these experiences carry a huge energetic signature that is passed down by by cultures it's passed down through the collective consciousness but it's also passed down through family traumas and also more importantly probably passed down like laura says through ourselves because i do feel like i've had these huge moments where i've took psychedelics and stuff like that and i've tuned into these big karmic loops and these karmic cycles because i kind of i read this quote the other day and it said about how our duty i think it was a quote by dolores cannon a long time ago and she said i would it was something along the lines of this our duty is to sort of our duty on planet Earth is to sort of end these karmic karmic cycles and allow our soul to return back to source. And um, I, I really, I'm really in that camp. You know, I really feel like there's a um, that this this is what this place is. You know, we we um, we come into this place and we um, we have to work on all these different elements. And I feel like you know maybe like Laura says, what have we done in our past lives? You know, um, it's kind of interesting because I, I do believe that. Um, that probably is what's manifesting in this reality is something that we haven't worked on in the other reality or some sort of karmic thing that we're getting back from what we've done in the other reality, you know? And I feel like these things are always turning up in our lives and the, the relationships that we're in. And me, even, for example, me and Laura in our relationship, you know, we have um, we have things that reflect within us two of aspects that we have to work on. Um, so, you know, the universe is constantly always doing this. Every single person that comes up in your life um tests you you know or gives you something like a mirror you know this place is a mirror and it's reflecting backwards and forwards and trying to make you iron certain things out and put things in back into balance 100%. so i see you now says what do you guys think on martin kenny's journey and his creation of the pineal foundation yeah so for me i think uh, martin kenny's really cool um i think what, what i like about martin kenny is that he's just you know he's, he's just like very much just like us he's just open-minded he's willing to he's willing to sort of dive into a topic not be not sort of um be fixed in his beliefs and then move on again because he was he his story is really interesting he was you know he believed in, in the in the round earth model and then he started then he went into flat earth and then he went from flat earth into the sort of cosmic egg theory you know so he's kind of like moving his beliefs all the time and I, that's what i, I really love, love love that about him but what i like about martin kenny guys as well is, is that um He's living it as well, you know, and I think there's a difference between speaking your truth and also living it at the same time. And he is, um, what I mean by living it is he's, he's um, the world that, the information that he's speaking about, he's also in his own personal life is, is creating a life uh, entailed to that way. So for example, he has started an off-grid community in Portugal and he's got a group of loads of different people all around the world and they're all sort of, you know, they're working on a piece of land, cultivating energy, creating and uh, creating an energy, a healing centre, I think they're doing. Um, you know, but he's basically living that energy, and I think there's a huge difference between people speaking, um, and people living through that as well. Yeah, I think he's he's really important in in teaching people and telling people to kind of take power within yourself. I know I I've got to admit, like when we watched one of his videos not that long ago, he was he was wearing his robes and his gold chains. Like he looks, he's got a certain presence now, and I kind of felt the resistance in me. Like, is this a bit ridiculous? Is he like? 
you know, someone who's like, he's, he's dressing ultra spiritual and he's talking in a different way. Yeah, but then I kind of felt like, is that my kind of shadow of judging somebody for the way they look and, and, and how they're presenting themselves. But I think, I think that was just my shadow to be honest, but I think he's, what he's doing is really good. And the cosmic egg theory is super interesting. Yeah. And also as well, just, just to add to that as well, is I kind of feel like, um, this, that's just part of the spiritual journey as well when you i feel like we've been suppressed so much in our lives that once you start cultivating and clearing out a lot of a lot of your sort of conditioning and things you start you start embodying different aspects of consciousness you start embodying different aspects of the self so you might you know for example because um even when I, I had my awakening i started wearing different clothes you know i started acting in a acting um, in a different way because our condition in the past tries to put us in this box and navigate us in a certain way um, you know for example if you in my past life if you wore a certain type of clothes or even if you said a certain type of word or embodied a type of characteristic you'd be jumped upon and laughed at you know and, and singled out so i kind of feel like we're living in a very harsh world you know where it's not promoting you to be who you truly are you're a real authentic self and you've got to find your way through that so you know if he wants to wear robes let him wear robes you know he's not hurting anyone and maybe he's just embodying um who he truly wants to be you know like he says in one of his videos that he's not he's just he's embodying that that sense of role because he just believes he's not from this planet so he wants to dress more cosmic you know <laughs> i also feel the shadow in me because it's like I'm a completely different person to what I was five years ago and I could feel like the, the dynamic in me, like who do you think you are dressing in a certain way and acting and presenting yourself a certain way? So we're all having to do shadow work, aren't we? Yeah, like obviously like Khaled said there, don't you just think he's living out the, his truth and indeed aren't we all? Yeah, exactly, that's what I said, you know, yeah. that's why he's embodying the clothes that he wears because throughout all our lives we've that's sort of been prevented in our lives, you know what I mean? So Gabby says... So did I, very, very traumatic and abusive, but I still turned out a decent human being and have a couple very close people to me who care and know what I've been through. I think, yeah, I think, I think the people that, a lot of people that have, are awakening at this point have had very kind of traumatic childhoods. I think pain is the, the route to awakening. I don't think, I think suffering drives you to a certain point in your consciousness where it's like, yeah, yeah. It takes you to the lowest of the low, so you can kind of find that little openness to ask, like, is there something more? So I feel like a lot of the people that are, do follow the spiritual path kind of have had that darker past. But I think, to an extent, living in civilization is traumatic. We, we all go through uh, traumatic things just to grow up in the system that we are growing up in. And I think it's just to the, to the certain extent of how much self-awareness do you have of that. Because I know people that have had very, very traumatic childhoods. And I can see that from my perspective. But they're still numbing out with, you know, junk food, um, alcohol, whatever. And they they haven't really made the connection themselves yet. So I think, I don't think anyone really escapes this life without some form of trauma or abuse. But yeah, I definitely think there's a correlation in between those people who are awakened and yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm no, anymore. no, definitely. There's so much to this. This place is it's challenging. You know, there's there's so much to clear out. I feel like you know, like like we were saying before, even if like on the surface you you haven't found anything yet, you know, maybe some traumas or aspects of yourself that 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 are um that you need to work on that you haven't found in the immediate time. Sometimes you know, for even for me, I'll be I'll do some deep work, 
and these things are so embedded so deep within the consciousness you know me and laura talking about how the consciousness has this thing where it'll hide things from you, you know it's like it's so sophisticated that it'll hide things from you just to protect you um, and there's so many things that's so far deep rooted that we that we're still uncovering and then then it gets into the when you go even deeper it gets into past lives and things that have passed down from past lives and things that we need to clear out and work on or even just things that our parents have passed down to you uh, unconsciously that you need to sort of uh, remove and iron out uh, jack jack took a said a really funny question a uh, really funny comment he says uh, so funny how they see off-grid communities don't work. He says, as if the on-grid on communities are working right now. Exactly. You know, look at the world right now at what's playing out, you know. It's clear to see that the the on-grid communities, I like how he said that, it's not working. It's tr it's really true, man, because, like, it's just, we're, it's a mess, you know what I mean? It's an absolute mess, <laughs> to, say, to say the least. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so out, it's the upside-down world, as we call it. Yeah, I would love to see the rate of suicides in like off-grid communities compared to what it's like in Babylon because there's well, I'm hearing about more and more cases of suicide like every day from you know people around us and I just I, I really struggle to see how people aren't making the correlation to how like the way we're living is so anti-human like everything could not be more disconnected. But I think that again, this is all part of the polarity of like our ascension processes. The the disconnection is reaching like a, a kind of boiling point, and some people are still loving like still. Some people are like you know just oblivious little frogs in the pan, just saying, "No, oh, it's getting a little bit warmer, but it's all right. I'm still like I'm just chilling." Yeah. And some people are absolutely scalding in this pan. But yeah. It's it's interesting because I think a lot of us have been like sort of been scalding in the pan for so long. You know, I mean, a lot of us have been had that craving with inside of ourselves that's been already trying to get off the train you know but now that train is right in front of our faces um you know it's it's coming for us now and more and more people now are starting to to rush rush and move their lives i kind of feel like that's what what the whole situation's played out it's played out in a way to to make us move certain segments of ourselves even quicker so that we can get in alignment uh yeah. with with this whole place whatever's going on i had this kind of interesting story um I haven't really mentioned this, but I did a podcast ages ago with a, a woman called Emma Orbach. It's like one, if you go back in the archives, you'll see it. It's a really cool one. And it was a really cool story about how, you know, I made that podcast happen. How I had to trek through fields and stuff like that and randomly just come across her. And she's a, a lady who's living completely off grid. And she's sort of made a house out of, uh, the way she puts it, she's made a house out of shit and water. <laughs> she says if, she, if, a, if a wall falls down, she just pats a bit of shit together but a horse shit not her own shit horse shit <laughs> and um pats it together with a bit of mud and water and she sort of builds a house house walls up you know but when you when you go to these places you know it's kind of refreshing because like um you know so many people will say that um that these communities and things don't work you know but you've got to go to them yourself and you've got to feel the energy that comes from these places you know like and then compare it to to monday reality because i kind of feel like laura said this to me the other day the best technology said you know we, we, us being human human beings, we know we like we sort of we visit nature, but really we should be living in nature. You know, we sort of go for a walk in nature, and we're guilty of this too. You know, we'll go for a walk in nature, we'll visit nature, um, and I, I kind of felt like an alien when I've gone to these off grid communities and I've sort of stepped in and I've walked through these people all with the hands in the dirt growing foods and stuff. I feel like an alien. You know, I feel like someone like I feel like I need to get my shit together. You know. Um, so I kind of feel like you've got to go to these places and feel what what comes off that environment. You know, does it does it feel right? Does it feel like it can't work? Um, you know, so I kind of feel like you've got to feel it. You know. 
So Stuart Brown says, I'm from Gateshead and you sound local to me. Am I close? Uh, what do you think of David Icke and his views? Uh, yeah, 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 you're close. <laughs> yeah, you're very close. Uh, we're in Northumberland <laughs> at the moment. Um, so David Icke, I like him. I think I think people have the stigma of David Icke because, you know, he's not giving people solutions on... on He's telling people all this negative information about the way the world's going and that, but he's not given any sort of inclination of a solution. But I don't think that's his role. I think his role is to kind of dig through all the information that's there and present it to us. And it's, you know, it's it's somebody else's job or it's our job to like kind of get in touch with our hearts and follow that kind of path. But you can't expect everyone to be, you can't expect David like to be, like, to be everything for you. I know like a lot of people have called him crazy in that by saying he believes in reptilians, but the a lot of like the stuff that we've been saying he's he's like he's really spot on. Yeah. So I like him. Yeah, he's I cool. like David. I like David Ike. I think he's cool. Like I say, I think, you know, I've said this before, but everyone plays different roles in society. He's not gonna be the guy who's gonna tell you how to get your life in order, you know. He's gonna be the guy who sort of shows you what what what's what current things um, you know, out are out of balance. Um that's that's what I feel, you know. We, many people play different roles within within society, and he just plays he plays one of them roles. Like we described before about the dance between the devil, you know, the devil plays the role of polarities. Uh, David I- David Ike plays the role in in his sort of reality of trying to expose certain elements of of darkness that's w- within society, you know. Yeah. T Sean sixty eight says I've had EMDR and CBT intensive. It didn't help me the way they said it will, but it helped me in other ways. Yeah, I um, I had a little bit of experience with EMDR, but it, what's, what's EMDR? EMDR is like a, it's like rapid eye movement. It's like you, oh, yeah. it's like you watch a, you watch it like a little a light go backwards and forwards, and you kind of, it's used to process trauma memories, like because because trauma memories are stored differently to our normal memories. Trauma memories are kind of raw information that's kind of invoked through our nervous system it's when you're in a trauma memory you'll you'll relive in that event again it's different from a memory you might think about something that you ate yesterday you're kind of just you're just thinking about it but you're not really tasting it you're not really smelling it but a trauma memory is kind of stored differently so what emdr does it it helps process something that's really traumatic by this light moving backwards and forwards i don't know the science behind it but I had a little bit of experience with that, and I didn't really, didn't really feel anything from it. But I didn't really feel anything from CBT first. I feel like when you first go to therapy, like they say, "Oh, let's do cognitive behavioral therapy," and it's it's literally just like putting a little plaster on like a massive crack. But I don't know. I think I've heard good things from EMDR from other people, but I just don't think at the stage I was at, I didn't find it very helpful. But I've heard really good things from other people. Yeah, definitely. Um... So I see you now says, you moved it up, I can't see you now. Um, healing comes from knowledge and knowledge leads to awakening and vice versa, versa crazy times. Well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, on the spiritual journey, you kind of feel like most times people do have the awakenings through some sort of traumatic event, you know, whether it's trauma, whether it's, um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, but kind of a lot of times suffering, you know, suffering does lead to, lead to healing quite a lot of times, you know, some some sort of traumatic event that happens. So Julian asked the question, says, can you talk a bit about the independence of the physical brain and consciousness source? So I'm not I'm not fully 100% sure what you mean by that, but I'll sort of, I can speak around it. So I kind of feel like what you mean is, um, so I, I feel like 
Because so from my understanding, this question is you know so within life right now we there is a sort of a there is a there is a debate between like what is what is a process of the brain in terms of reality uh, versus uh, consciousness or, or source you know because it kind of feels like in our lives our you know the human our human bodies are um sort of they do seem very mechanical like you know in terms of like from a biological uh, biological aspect you know like for example the way we process information and um, you know how you know scientists i mean there's so many different answers for the human body like so many people now believe that that you know life itself that consciousness is derived from the mind um and how um sorry how the how yeah how consciousness is actually just a pro a, a biological process that's derived from the mind you know but there's um for, for me on my journey i definitely don't feel that at all you know i kind of feel like i used to um i i did this podcast a long time ago with this uh, neuroscientist and he was very rooted in his um like you know very rooted in, in his scientific perspectives and he believed that you know this this whole place was just a, a development from co like consciousness um, sorry, um, everything was just of mind, you know, like there's no such thing as consciousness, consciousness doesn't exist, it's just that we have these sort of, these mechanisms and filters within inside of ourselves, like sort of, well, like machine-like that can can um, put all this information together and, and, and produce our understanding of reality. But a, a question that I've always asked um, any any person out there who always says, you know, that this place is, is, is just of mind, then, you know, where did consciousness come from? How can, how can matter create um, consciousness because I kind of feel like if you ask some ask someone that are a scientist um, I know that I think Daniel is it Daniel Dennett I think who believes that consciousness doesn't exist you know I kind of feel like it's a it's an interesting one um, maybe people haven't had big experiences but I think a lot of um, scientists too who believe that uh, consciousness is, uh, sorry the, um, the mind is, is the main driving force of who we are I kind of feel like you know they maybe haven't took psychedelics and they haven't had that experience where they've seen seen beyond the veil um, but that's that's vastly changing now, and I hope I hope that's what you meant anyway. Yeah, I think that's definitely a paradigm that's changing. So, uh, Khaled says, it seems that our collective feelings of helplessness is in a way making us turn powerful people into mythical figures, or is and sorry and thus further relinquishing power to them, or is it just me? I think so. I think. I think what trait like what kind of brainwash to feel insignificant and and helpless. I think from you know the whole indoctrination process of telling we're like we come from a cosmic accident. We're at the peak of human evolution. Is all to kind of make us feel more helpless. And when we do feel helpless, we like you look up to somebody else. That's where the term the term understanding comes from. It's like you understand someone. You stand underneath them and you look up to them for knowledge. And that's where I believe that the word understand comes. So a lot of people in spiritual communities tend to say inner stand, which is what I prefer better. But I definitely feel that's why um, why they put celebrities there in, in front of our faces and why celebrities are so under, like they're under MK Ultra mind control because they're, they're used to kind of reinforce our triggers and and reinforce a certain narrative because you never speak you never see uh, celebrities in the mainstream who are really speaking truth you know they're all kind of bought out and sold but it's like britney spears you know she you look at her now and you f you feel really sorry for her because of because she looks like she looks like she's mentally torn apart by whatever whatever stuff that she's been going through so yeah i i do agree i think the kind of the kind of figures are there to kind of make us 
lose our power to them. Yeah, I feel like the reason why these mythical creatures, I mean, these mythical creatures all throughout history have all been there, you know. They've all been placed at certain parts where certain people are, are put on a pedestal. Um, I kind of feel I would also make an argument that maybe that's what the the story of Jesus Christ was like as well. They're trying to take the power out of you. You know, the way the Bible sort of swayed that story, like I said, you know, conscious, Christ's consciousness has come in a physical form. It hasn't come in terms of a metaphysical upbringing, you know. So I kind of feel like all throughout history, this has been, it's sort of, it's sort of um, in plain sight that certain, you know, um, certain stereotypes and certain archetypes have played out, played out to try and sort of, for you to worship, make you worship instead of worship yourself, take the power outside of yourself. Um, I was going to say again. I was going to say something else. I've come lost my train of thought. Um, what was the question again? Um, About relinquishing. Oh power. yeah, and I kind of feel like one of the real reasons why it is is because someone doesn't want us to recognize the order of things. That's why you know it's like it's in plain sight. This is why history's wrong. This is why everything will be being taught in schools a load of crap because they don't want you to truly recognize the order of things. In which the and the true rec or, uh, true thing they don't want you to, to recognize is that you are a lot more special than you've been led to believe. You're on something that's more special than you've led to believe. And most importantly, you can actually use your own consciousness to ascend and move wherever you want. Um, you know, if, you li- if, you, if you're limited to that belief and you relinquish all your power outside of yourself, then you, you stop focusing on, on you, you know, and you, and you start, your rhythms of your life are dictated by people that are around you. Look, for example, look at all the kids now in celebrity culture. It's played out all our lives. I mean, go back and question in your life how many things that you did in your younger, in your childhood that were actually influenced by the media, that were influenced by celebrities. Because I did so many different things, you know, Tamagotchi, Nintendo, um, this list goes on and on, you know. Yeah. Kind of feel we've been subdued all our lives. It's kind of scary now when you look at the what is acceptable in the mainstream culture of like, you know, what's what are kids listening to and it's like Cardi B it's that little Nas video and it's it's becoming more and more degenerative and they're kind of pushing this degenerative agenda to kind of keep us further and further away from ourselves and our nature. But it's so like, it's so upside down because they always go, it's like, oh, it's it's good, it's inclusive, but really it couldn't be further from the truth. And the people that kind of don't, don't, it's so funny because people that, uh, part of the social justice warrior movement that's kind of being pushed are all for equality until you have a different opinion of them then it's like they become like embodied full of hate but yeah, yeah that's I, a different i will also add as well that i feel like even though someone there's definitely been an agenda or something whatever it is whatever you want to call it that has trying is trying to stop us from ascending is trying to stop us from evolving our consciousness understand the true nature of things but fundamentally you know the the truth that i've come to is that that this is this is everything that's going to play out is going to be an, is is an, is an, I can't say the word is inevitable I can't say inevitable it. inevitable yeah because um this is this is what this place is this place is a is has a cyclic nature to it where it's 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 human's nature to evolve their consciousness and and um, you know and ascend and into into your true nature so I kind of feel like these little speed bumps along the way of all these different archetypes and things that have been put in our way are just speed bumps you know to to us getting there because eventually we we will have we we are going to evolve you know we are evolving now look at all the people here you know we're yeah. doing it already the dance is already here it's pretty interesting for sure so thanks man three says uh this is kind of off topic but do you guys know your ancestry 
uh, minor Native American in Spanish. I love learning about our roots and where we came from. An answer yeah so for, for me actually i don't know a lot about this this is something that i really wanted to to look into so much more i actually wanted to do it um i wanted to do it like a sort of you can do a test to find to find out as well where your ancestry is but i, I didn't actually want I, I would want to do it but then then there's loads of information talking about that when you do do it the, the store your um your DNA. your dna in a sort of a, a bank where they, they can you know whatever they can do with it you know and this nefarious stuff they have deals with corporations and stuff to kind of feel like that's what's going on now with what's going on in the world you know they're getting every like right now on the planet if this isn't one big sort of um collection of everyone's sort of um genetic makeup and dna then i don't know what it is right you know what i mean so that's kind of playing out but um for me the, all i know is, is that i definitely in my family i have a um italian i have italian um italians in from on many on, on both sides of the family also um uh, italian gypsies <laughs> Have on that side as well. Um, um, I think my grandma's um, dad was a Dutch. I think Dutch. I'm sure. Um, but Italian, 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 and Dutch. I think in Belgium. They, that's that's the immediate immediate family that I know. I don't know mine at all. I know I've got like some family members came from Scotland, but that's literally all I know of mine. And I like Dan says I would like to do one of those tests, but. Heard so many dodgy things about them storing your DNA that it's just like nah, I wouldn't do it. It's kind of it's kind of interesting though when it comes to sort of our sort of ancestral lineage because you know the further that we go back, we we'll, we we'll, we'll realize that we're even not even not from a conscious perspective but just a biological perspective, we all eventually get back to one source. You know, if the even if like from a biological perspective evolution is correct, we'll take away the metaphysical things. You know, which I don't believe, but we'll just do that for a sort of for, for this saying now. And you go back all the way to Adam and Eve, you know, then we're all from the same. We're all brothers and sisters, you know. It doesn't sound right, me and Laura's brothers and oh, sisters. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing I want to hear. <laughs> you know, but we're all um, we're all brothers and sisters. Uh, the further that you go back, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because I feel like I feel like if every single person on the planet did take one of them tests, I'm not saying that you should, but if you did all take, if everyone did take the test, it probably is a lot of disagreements would go straight out the window now you know we have all this this ethos and culture saying that immigrant you shouldn't come in my country and stuff like that but eventually we all find out we're all from the same thing anyway you know and then if you go to consciousness you realize that you're from the same source anyway so none of it matters you know yeah. no matter what your skin color is so i see you now says Brittany mk ultra do you think these celebrities are all controlled yeah eh this is gonna get a little bit dark but Max Spears said that um, a lot of the people in positions of power have had something called the Key of Solomon, and I don't know. I don't know if I should talk about what the Key of Solomon is. I should leave that. For leave that for people who want to research. I think, I think. If, think you, if you want to know what the Key of it's Solomon is, it's pretty deep. Like it is really deep, and it's. I was. I know it's true because of how it feels and what the research that I've done makes sense. But it's, it it's makes deep. sense, but basically, it's something traumatic, which which fragments the psyche and he said that a lot of the people that are, you know in high positions of government um, celebrities positions of power <clears throat> they've all had that done to them so i think i think it's true and if you go down the rabbit hole of like pizzagate and the wikileaks emails and all those sorts of things um it just kind of verifies that 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 is also true and how they kind of the people in positions of power use extreme torture to kind of fragment psyches and bring forward different alters through trigger words to kind of make people easier to manipulate and it's also interesting because when an alter comes forward they 
they lose the sense of that they have another outlet. So it's it's very, what's the word for it? It's kind of very, it's a very good tactic if you want to have ultimate control over somebody or an agenda or push forward something. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't get in them. We all know you don't get in them positions of power. You know, if you um, if you haven't, if they haven't got something over you and they can't control you, I feel like people do slip through the net. You know, in terms of this, um, you know, you can see people like. But it's kind of interesting because they do slip slip through the net for a while, but then eventually they do get sort of a lot of um, they get a lot of media attention on them in terms of negativity. The media will jump on them and say that they've done something wrong, or or they'll get set up in a certain way. You know, for example, like this the story of Tupac Shakur, which happened to him, all the different charges that he was put under when he was trying to spread powerful messages, put in prison. So I kind of feel like people do slip through the net, but there seems to be there is something that plays out where you don't get on in front of people. You know, if you if they haven't got something over you, um, and we all know that a lot of these people who are in positions of power, you know, they do have um, family lineages that tie to royal families and certain blood types and certain bloodlines. So you know, this this place is mad. You know, we can all see it. We can all see that this is jargon, and and there is a, like a natural selection that's playing out. You know, where we're just we are just allowed to sort of that these people who are getting in positions of power are naturally moving to these positions of power. But the deeper that you look, this some people do slip through the net. But the majority of the time, you know, there is a there is an audit of things that's playing out. Um, politicians, everyone, you know. Yeah. We all know that these people, these politicians who were who were in place, you know, the the you know, they're not they're not like us, you know. We know they're not like us, you know, that the they're different, you know. Um, yeah, Al Pasco Ali says, as we progress in our spiritual journey, digging into our past becomes digging into our psyche. Hundred percent. You know, this is the biggest. I think this is the biggest thing. This is the reason. This is the whole. This is the key to to this whole place. You know, um, and any form of work that you do shows you this that our psyches are so advanced. Uh, sorry, so deep. You know, they go so deep. You know, great minds and philosophers in the past tried, for, like Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud. You know, they. They they understood that um, the psyche was one of the most important things that we can that we digging into the psyche is one of the most important things, yeah. you know. I think it's it is it's definitely a minefield when you start digging digging through your mind and realizing that yeah, your mind can repress a lot of stuff and you know what I'm like I'm always like I'm always wanting to scrape the barrel like yeah. I'm all my mind literally literally is like obsessed with going back and kind of looking and trying to. And trying to heal and see where I've been, like where my shadows are playing out, and you know, trauma when traumas are coming out. So, you know, for example, as well. Sorry, I was going to say. Oh, no, no, uh, carry on. Oh, sorry, I was going to say. You know, as well, when um, when you know, for example, if you have a lucid dream or you, you have a vivid dream, for example, the deeper that you go within them realms of, of dreaming, you start realizing that this place is of sorry, the lucid dreaming and dreaming realm is a place of the subconscious. I'm not saying 100% all the time, but there's definitely a huge 90.9% of that of the dreaming world is definitely of the subconscious. And I kind of feel like you start as you start progressing more in the dream realm, you can start um, overlaying that into reality and start realizing how reality is also of the subconscious as well. Um, you know, and these mo- I've had moments in my life where it can, you know, can send you. It feels like it can send you crazy. It sends you too far, and um, you know, they feel like the work's not stopping. But I've had some huge altered states of consciousness where um, I really get to see beyond the veil and realize how, like I said before, we're, we're the center of our own Mandela. But through that process, it's our subconscious that sort of just like when you're in the dream realm, you know, and you, and you have dream figures that out that come in front of you. You have certain manifestations that come out from your psyche. 
I feel like this whole world is also like that as well, you know? So there's an argument that I would make that all you listening and watching us right now and also how we're interacting with the comments is probably just all in our psyches, you know, like a mirror um, sort of constantly showing us reflections of things that we need to work on and certain aspects, pointers to where to, to go and stuff like that in our lives. So this place is, um, when it takes you down them rabbit holes, it gets deep, you know? It's mental because, like, I've noticed that if something's triggering me, like, in my external reality, and if I heal that, it doesn't It doesn't show up. It feels like it just it goes off the face of the planet. Mm. It just kind of disappears. So it does feel like everything that kind of provokes you, everything that comes through is kind of for you. Would that? I know that sounds extremely narcissistic, but that's what it does feel like. Yeah. Like I say, I've had, I've had moments where... I feel like, um, and I know it's probably not this, not the case. You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm still working on it, but I kind of feel like sometimes I have these whole, these big moments where I feel like I'm questioning: Is it just the ego telling us this? But it kind of feels like this whole existence is just is just for me. You know, it's all for me, which it really is. You know, like even the ancients said that we're, we're like I said before, we're the center of our own Mandela. You know, and we're moving through the universe, and the universe's involvement around us as we sort of, um heal certain aspects of ourselves we're changing that yeah. so you know it, pro- it, it probably is that as well you know but it's probably sort of i, I don't know you know it's, it goes it goes super deep i don't think it's i don't think it's a narcissistic stance really i think it's when you when you realize that everything's happening for you it kind of it kind of humbles you a bit and makes you realize that there, there's something more divine taking place because i'm not really controlling my conscious mind isn't controlling who's going to trigger us. It's something that's beyond my conscious mind and something that's operating through all of us. Yeah. So it it can sound narcissistic when you say, oh, I'm the center of the universe. But really, it's it's a more humbled approach to life. Yeah, I, I, will, I will say this. I, I spoke about this the other day in the podcast, but it's good to reiterate again. I really do feel that this whole place is a, is about remembrance. So um, I had a big psychedelic experience a couple of, uh, last week, sorry, and it was it really gives us the understanding that, that you know, um, you have to, this whole place is about remembering and learning the lessons as fast as you can. I kind of feel like we're literally are in the matrix, you know, where like you have to remember the lessons and clean out your like vessel from, clean out your psyche, clean out your subconscious, work on certain aspects of yourself. And the faster that you, you work on the emotions, because the emotions are the key, um, I feel like you'll ascend, you know. Um, and I'm obviously, I'm I'm also embedded deep within that, you know, I'm, I'm working on loads of different aspects because it goes, like I said, the rabbit hole goes so deep within inside of the self. But I feel like it is definitely of something like that. You know, we're all clearing out certain parts of ourselves and we we're ascend as we do that, you know? Yeah, that's something that I noticed when I met you. It's like Dan eats like the most clean I've ever seen anyone eat. He like he he checks the ingredients and if it's got like citric acid in an ingredient, he's like, Nope, I'm not having that. And that's something that I've kind of learned to appreciate, like eating eating stuff that doesn't have chemicals in and and clean out the vessel, just drinking water. Dan doesn't drink at all. Whereas I'll have a drink every now and then, but it's he's kind of embodying this kind of clean attitude. But I really do get like you clean the internal through the healing of the emotions, and you clean the the vessel by by you know eating clean and drinking you know filtered water that doesn't have fluoride in. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you know con- consciousness starts from the body first. You know, first and foremost, you haven't got your foundations right. How can you expect to put consciousness on top of that? You know. You need to be running clean in your life. That's the best expression I had. Try and run clean as best as you can. And like I say, I, 
you know, we're all on our own own, own journeys, and I'm not going to tell anyone what to do. I only, like I said before, I'm the center of my own Mandela, so I'll, I'll sort of dictate my own rhythms. But I feel like, from my own personal perspective, like Laura says, I'm someone who does really eat clean. You know, I don't drink alcohol. But um, you know, that that was a process for me. It was a process. It didn't happen overnight. Um, the decision happened overnight, but the process to get to that didn't. You know, um, we all just choose different battles at one time and peel away the layers and and you know work towards the truth that's within you and that's all that's all i'm doing you know on my journey is working towards the truth that's within me yeah and you can't really say like uh something's bad like something's overall bad because i don't think alcohol in its essence is bad i know it it's like weed i don't think weed in its essence is bad but if you kind of use it to cover up traumas then that is a bad way to use it like same with coffee coffee's not inherently bad but if you feel like you need it to kind of get on and feel like you've got energy to take on the day yeah, then definitely. it's then it's come out of balance i kind of feel like that's one of the biggest things for me that i've learned is that i learned learn this very fast because i kind of move through a lot of stuff very fast um you know i'm not saying i'm perfect but i move through a lot of different stuff fast that's been one of my gifts that i've got is i can move things out of my life very fast and quick and um, I feel like food's a big, a big one in society that we have so many um, we're masking. We're using food to mask a lot of deep emotions. Um, I did a fast the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, for me, so many deep emotions come up just in the fast that I did. Mm. And my diet, like like Laura said, my diet's really clean. Um, but I feel like there's so many things that we do in our lives to mask certain moments and 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 mask certain traumas and emotions that that are coming up in our lives. Hundred percent. I feel it in me. I have certain days where I'm like. Oh, I want to get really high or I want to I need a cup of coffee or something like that and I'm like okay I'm, I'm definitely just trying to fill a void here what's going on yeah it's, definitely it's, it's it is kind of exhausting to be on top of yourself all the time but I feel like once you've stepped through that door of awakening you there's no other choice you can't live in ignorance anymore you have to keep on top of that emotional work it's like escaping the self just to kind of agree I think that's what a lot of us we live in a culture that's promoting a world to trying to escape the self like alcohol's doing it pornography video games there's many different ways technology does it i mean you can have an unhealthy relationship with anything in life but we are we're constantly being promoted to, to escape the self and never sort of um sit with the self i think there's something there's a thing something that i mean laura's going to try there's a uh, i think it's called vipassana meditation i think is it called yeah um but basically where you do a retreat where you do seven days in complete silence and never and don't speak um so i kind of feel like me and laura in the, in the future we we're, we're interested we want to do something like that whether we'll go to retreat and do it or we'll just i will just go off and do it in nature yeah um because nature will be beautiful to do it in and we just you know we everyone can do that you don't have to go pay for a retreat you can just go in nature and do that yourself um but it's but you know this, this little practices like that which you can try you know yeah i think the whole society is kind of set up to keep us like distracted and all busy 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 all the time always looking outside of ourselves and never doing the internal work yeah so dan hill says we're dumbed down with things like vaccines diet fluoride media etc to suppress the pineal gland and we were a long time ago more advanced spiritually and consciously yeah for sure yeah. very interesting um I, I came across a really interesting piece of information the other week and it was um I, I can't exactly remember where it was now but it was someone explaining the relationship between um, pre-humans and human in modern atomical human beings right now and i'm not sure if you guys have seen um 
you know in the, in the past when you've seen pictures of, of human beings with longer gated skulls and, and bigger skulls and stuff which is all throughout history you know there's an argument that they are sort of extraterrestrials and things like that but this guy was making this really interesting argument he was saying that the reason why these uh, peoples in the past had bigger skulls is because they they one their brain power was uh, brains were a lot bigger so they could operate reality a lot differently. They were a lot more intelligent. But he also made the argument that their pineal glands were actually more developed, and they were more in tune with these extra, like extra um, of psychic abilities, um, clairvoyance, and things like this. You know, it's it, it's definitely clear to me that peoples of the past. I mean, archaeological evidence is on the ground to suggest that there was a people in the, at one point in this planet who were operating more from a spiritual lens. You know. Um, you can we can look at the technology aspect of it from a physical perspective and, and, and make an argument that they were also advanced in other areas but definitely from a, a metaphysical and a consciousness and a spiritual perspective they were definitely onto something you know and they were they will um, analyze they will their, their lens of reality was a lot different to the current state of reality that's on the planet now yeah. so it, it makes it makes a sense you know that that not, that domesticated living has moved us further and further away from our spiritual ascension from every avenue from the foods that we eat from the way that we live we don't from the way that we walk we don't even touch our bare feet on the ground every single aspect you know of life seems to be taking us away from our true nature and um, you know there's an argument that um um ray kurzweil speaks about says how that technology moves us closer to spiritual advancement i actually make an argument now that it actually moves us closer away from it you know um i feel like we can all all relate to this in our daily lives how you know um how there's many different practices that we do that doesn't feel like it's taking us closer to spirit, you know. Um, I don't even need to make any assumptions because it could be different for you what it is to me. Um, but I'm sure you can all relate that certain things that you do in your life and you'll feel through your body, because I think the body tells you, you know, through signals and through emotions and through physical ailments and stuff of certain things that you're doing that's actually moving you further away from your um, true alignment which fundamentally is the consciousness is the spirit within you you know yeah. yeah i think a lot of a lot of a lot of what's like in sweeteners and drinks and all the chemicals that's put out there is to kind of take us further and further away from that inner standing and like you were saying the other day about how you know if when you're out of balance you'll like you'll get a sty and i think it's so beautiful that the body just has these like subtle little messages like nudging you like come on like get back on the path listen to what like listen to what i'm telling you and i feel like i think and this might be controversial but i think cancer is such an unnecessary disease i think it's just the body kind of saying like screaming out like listen to us listen to us but i don't know i just think i think where we're at now i feel so I feel so dumb to what our ancestors would have been like with you know walking barefoot on the earth being more in touch with the land raising animals I feel like an absolute infant compared to what they would have been but I think that's that's the exciting part is like learn like there's always more learning getting back to that more natural way of being yeah. and living I feel it as well I mean I mean Laura's been doing these things where we've been um going for walks in nature um and we've been trying to sort of identify wild edible plants and it's so hard, you know. Like there's a there's a famous meme, uh, meme and out there, funny meme, and it says like, um, "Thank God for all the um, prehistoric humans who came before us, who who sort of died trying out all these different mushrooms and plants before us, yeah. you know." And amen to them because, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard when I don't know if any of you out there have tried to do this, but you you can you can identify the easy ones like um, wild garlic, um, dandelions, um, um, nettles. nettles. 
you know but then when it gets it gets you get into the sort of the depths of things and gets a bit more advanced you know I, I kind of I've had a few kind of shock moments where I've, I've um, went to get one and I've had a bit of an upset belly just sort of being a bit courageous and trying to try in different types but I wouldn't recommend that because you might die <laughs> but um but you know it's like these skills have been lost throughout time you know and um like these are the true skills, you know, because you can walk. I was um, doing a bit of research the other day, and it's you can walk through not even just a forest, but you can walk through a town center where there's just forest and shrubs at the side, and sometimes it's like over two hundred, three hundred wild edible plants that we don't even know that exist. There's roots and tubers underneath the ground, and we just completely lost touch of it, you know. Yeah, I think we've kind of been. Don't want to get negative, Nancy, again, but I think we've been kind of yeah. taught to believe that living off the lands, like a that for Bob, like Beric people and animals, and but really, that's that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, don't get don't get us wrong. It's 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 sick. It's sick that you can go to the supermarket and buy, um, buy an exotic plant or a fruit or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, I'm not ungrateful for that, but I kind of also understand the dance between that of how by do by doing that, you're also giving something away in that process, um. You know, maybe like just different realities, you know, maybe yeah, there's an argument that that's fine to do that. But I just feel like in my own life, there's maybe I'm giving something away to, to, for, for that process, you know. Yeah, it always feels like with convenience, it, it always feels like something, it takes away something in return. Like oh, having a having a smartphone is very convenient, but what is it really taking away from you? Is it take it's taken away your, your gift to naturally find your way around? and you know read maps and stuff yeah, like that yeah. it's taken away your ability to memorize and maybe maybe do mental arithmetic it's it's you know it's is the convenience really worth all the things that it takes away yeah, in the process yeah definitely i feel like we as a civilization we don't know how much we're giving away in this in the name of sort of advancement or the name of moving forward as civilization i have this conversation with this guy called Tristan uh, Gooley who wrote some amazing books about uh, reading the stars and reading the signs of nature and reading water of, of um, reading the signs of water and stuff in nature and he said that he went on this sort of excursion where he he visited these indigenous tribes uh, in Africa and um, he said he wanted to so he's a, he's a natural navigator and he reads the stars and stuff and he said he was so excited to go and see these, these, these tribes because he wanted to learn so much about natural navigating he said that when he got there he realized that they were so primitive and he was actually more advanced and he said the reason was he says because the modern world has got every, every part of the globe and they now no longer have they also have mobile phones now and they no longer have the old technology of, of reading the sort of stars and stuff so i kind of feel like we are marching forward as a civilization in these areas of where you know we're all guilty of this you know i'm guilty of it too we're on a laptop now for god's sake you know i'm holding a microphone in my hand but um I definitely feel like we might in the future civilization might look back at this moment and think, Jesus Christ, what were them idiots doing? Because um, yeah. I can kind of, I have big moments in my life where I see it too, you know, in my own life. Um, but like I said, I, no one knows what's going on here. No, no one knows what we're doing, you know. But it's just sometimes I do have them moments where I'm like, is this the right? Am I? Is this right? Does this feel right? And I kind of feel like we have to keep asking ourselves them questions because no one knows the answers. You know, I kind of feel like sometimes we feel like the government's gonna has the answers. You know, they're gonna they're gonna sort out um, the carbon in the like the sorry they're gonna not carbon in the air. Sorry, they're gonna sort out um, like the pollution on the planet. You know, they're gonna do this for us. They're gonna give us our freedoms back and stuff like that. But I feel like it's on our own individual lives for us to do it ourselves. You know. Yeah, I think it's just being kind to ourselves because it's. You know, we've grew up in something that we didn't really 
play a part and manifest and you know, we inherit the earth the way it is and we've just got to do our best from our level of consciousness to kind of proceed with that then again that's no excuse though yeah. <laughs> it's because that you could just use that as an excuse you know and you can eventually go back all the way to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And they'll be looking around in the Garden of Eden going, how do we get here? I don't know how we got here. How did we get here? Eve, eat that apple. <laughs> or that mushroom. <laughs> so I see now says, what do you guys think about the English language being uh, one of spellbinding, spellcasting, inverted meanings? Yeah, we spoke about this on a little bit on the, the last live stream we did about how, you know, um, days of the week could be interpreted as, as people going through a days. A days to get to the weekend. Like walking around like a zombie. Walking around like a zombie to get to the weekend of the, the stick or the bargain. Um, yeah, and I mentioned one before with understanding is to just literally see someone as higher up than you in, in the hierarchy and stand underneath them and, and, what, what, like, and listen to what they have to say instead of listening internally to what, what comes from you. That's yeah. why a lot of people, instead of seeing understanding, say inner standing. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, we've talked about this a few times, but language has been very distorted in a way to, to, to dumb us down, you know. I feel like we don't really understand how much language plays plays out in not just our laws and legislations and things like that, but our, how we how we actually view reality, you know. Uh, the last one that me and Laura talked about, we described the analogy of when a child, for example, is in a cart and a bird comes into the room in the cart and, um, you know, the parent says, that's a bird. But in it, in it, sort of, by the parent just saying that one word in that language, it sort of, it it sort of subtracts that whole experience in a, in a one word. But that whole experience isn't just one word, you know. Yeah, and turns it into a that instead of a, a multifaceted dimensional experience. Yeah. So Julian says, from a perspective of our thoughts creating our future slash law of attraction, pushing away unwanted, i.e., fighting cancer versus allowing in the wanted well-being. Okay, that's just a, a comment, isn't it? This one's an interesting one. I Am Prosperity made an interesting comment. It says, Marxism is everywhere. Now where people are uh, policing themselves due to the mainstream fear propaganda, people vote for even more socialist policies because most people are dumbed down and like free stuff. <laughs> it, it, that's a re- no, it's really... I, 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 get, I get what you're saying there. It's re- it is really interesting how... But I feel like there is also the... You know, the media's... Um, in a way sort of playing out this dialogue right now with all these so- social justice movements as well I feel like there's you know there's a huge um, subduing of public attention trying to sort of make you um, um, you know like there's like clever algorithms and Facebook trying to sway your energy and in, in, in a, in a uh, political point of view and things like that you know I kind of feel like they don't care who you they don't care like now who um what what you what you promote or what your beliefs are, as long as you're arguing about something, arguing with someone, you know, because it keeps you yeah. distracted again from the self, you know, keeps you distracted on things outside of yourself. Because I kind of feel like a lot of these, um, especially when it comes to, like, say, example, because I kind of feel like a lot of people who are um, who are sort of subdued by these things are people like us. Um, so what I mean by that is, is um, because I feel like in our lives we've all been susceptible to be to stand up about something, you know, whether it's like, for example, racism or um. Uh, or veganism or whatever whatever it may be uh, interesting how they all have isms as well by the way but um look that up um but anyway um it's interesting how it seems like something's always trying to pull and pull and secure our energy but the media's trying to put you in a into one camp or other you know i think it's it's to kind of maintain the polarity of the third dimension because if all these spiritual 
teachings are true that we are ascending to the fifth dimension where there is a more of a knowing that we're all one obviously there's going to be a counteracting force that's wanting to to keep us fighting against each other which maintains the the polarity within the third dimension yeah so it's now, this kind of self and other dynamic yeah. going on yeah, i was also going to add as well that's what i went off trail of thought and i forgot what i was going to say but um i kind of feel like um the reason why they kind of want us the reason why because i feel like a lot of times is everyone because like i said before it's us who's being subdued by a lot of these sort of as i am prosperity said these sort of how marxism's everywhere the reason why i kind of feel like also a lot of us are being subdued because in our hearts we do have good intentions a lot of people who are swept away by these sort of different policies and things like that and different groups of people around the world that are coming up is because people in the heart that do have good intentions, you know, they're seeing flaws within society and something's telling them that that's not right, this is not right. But it's just kind of being subdued in a different, in, a, in the wrong, through the wrong filter. Like the media's trying to like, it's trying to sort of narrow that that reality or that understanding down into one sort of very aggressive form of um what's the word I'm looking for? Very f- form of aggressive, sort of like form of, an- an- I can't see the word, an- 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 I can't see it. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, it's sort of, it's, it's trying to trying to sort of make you um, express your true self, express what you're really feeling in a sort of, in a, in a sort of a narrow, narrow, aggressive, aggressive way where it makes you argue with other people. Yeah. That's what I'm basically trying to say. 100%. Because fundamentally, if we got, say, for example, all these different policies and these social justice movements, that's all going around. If we really got down to the crust of things, fundamentally, we a lot of people have the same foundational beliefs. Like you just want to be a good person. You want to help other people. You know, you believe that everyone should have the same rights as you. Um, that That's it, basically, you know. So Khaled says, "Where what, what remedy would you suggest for having a fear of the future? Also, do you have a tip for living courageously as I feel there is a need for courage in this time? Um, so fear of the future is a weird one because obviously we know all that exists is the present moment but for me personally what I like to do is I like to tell myself I don't control the sun rising in the morning I don't control the moon there's so many different forces you know the the stars are up there and everything's like there's there's clouds there's wind I'm not controlling any of that something else's control and all of that and it's still like orchestrating it in a beautiful way so it kind of takes the takes the pressure off me worrying about the future because I feel like there's so much so much that I'm not in control of then there must be something higher controlling it if you get what I mean I also think that I'm not you know I'm not really scared of the future that much (laughs) I'm more scared of what what's what's happened in the past that I haven't really processed um in terms of like living courageously i would say it's just just unapologetically follow what you're feeling if if you're doing something that's making you really miserable take the chance of of leaving that situation and stepping into something new because because of the law of attraction if you've been doing something that you've really not liked for such a long time and you've built up such a resistance to it just move just releasing from that is going to put you in a vibrational place where you're in a, a man, you're on a manifesting ground where new opportunities are going to come to you. So, I would say uh, that's my best tip for living courageously. Because you know, I um, haven't really spoke about this before, but before I met Dan, I literally I was working twelve hour shifts at a call center, and I just I left my job without any sort of any 
any so any other source of income coming in. I just thought this job is making me miserable. I don't want to do it. Um, so I just left without any sort of means of income and you know things things work out and things have turned out so perfectly like everything that I've ever wanted is manifesting because I made that that really tough and really tough decision at the time which people kind of thought well that's a bit stupid you know what about this what about that what about rent blah 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 but you know you've got to take that chance sometimes like we're only we're only here for a blink of an eye just just go for it yeah, it's definitely it's easier said than done, you know, because I kind of feel like my journey was a bit different at that. I was a kind of bit more tentative because I kind of feel like for my journey, I know all of us, we all have different, you know, we all have different forms of like, um, you know, we all have different, we're all in, embedded within different aspects of the game, you know, for example, like, in, you know, like, like I agree with Laura because I'm very much like that. I will take, I'll also take risks, but mine are, I feel like I'm a bit more calculated because like Laura's, like she said, she's more thinking about the past. I'm more analysing the future. And it's kind of feel like, you know, our senses and our ways of thinking have evolved over thousands of years, you know. Like, for example, the reason why cultures in the past and ancestors of the past, would they've evolved these parts of our brain where we're going to now, thinking of the past, thinking of the future, is because they're when they're surviving in different ways or living out their lives in different ways, they've operated these, these senses so that they can survive to a certain extent, you know. So, you know, it's easier said than done. But I can I can relate to that because I, I have someone, like I said, I've I had a um like so my life that I used to live in the past was completely different to to what I'm doing now. But it's it's been a process to get to that, you know. So sometimes, you know, um you can just slowly pick one battle at a time and start moving whatever it is you want to move in your life, just slowly start chipping away, you know. You don't have to sort of like um drop everything because sometimes you can maybe you can in life, you can Say, for example, you drop everything. Maybe that puts more pressures on you from other angles in your life. You know, so for example, you can be you can be tactical in your mind of how you move forward in life. Maybe just focus on one thing and take that away or add something that you want to add in your life. But also as well, like like, like Laura said, in my life, I've definitely recognised that the universe, as you take more risks, the universe definitely does um, reward that, you know, and re- re- rewards the brave. I really, I really do feel that. Feel that. And you know, and things will turn up, like money will turn up when you least expected it, or certain things will just turn up, whatever it may be. Certain people that you want to manifest in your life by just taking a risk, partners that you've always wanted, or friends around you, or a new job, or something will turn up just because. You know, it's kind of like I feel like at times the way that this place is set up is that like. When we look back on our lives, I know we have moments of challenging, period, challenging periods in our lives, but we always find a way. Like we always, no matter, something will always turn up, whatever it may be in that immediate time. The universe will always just provide you enough for your game so that you can move forward. Uh, I kind of feel like it's con- it's the nature of this place that really does it. And it's just about, and it, like I said, it's not it's more easy than said than done, but sometimes just having courage to 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 move forward and, and, and do certain things, the universe will, will will reward it. I really feel that. 100%. <clears throat> Someone give a super chat as well. Do I really, you want to read that one first? I, I really appreciate that, by the way. Yeah, let's read it first. Do you want to read it? So, I'm sorry if I pronounce your last name wrong, but it's Peter Gabos, and he says, Nice evening. Every uh, isms and is-ists are divisive. I would never... Uh, change my outgoings or replace human contact with some kind of technology also love your podcasts i love that yeah well that's a really that's a really cool one you know like um because i kind of feel like um because in uh, such a long time ago i did um 
And I was doing podcasts when I first started doing podcasts, just to give you an example. I was doing podcasts where I only did podcasts on Skype because that was sort of the, the modem that was at the time everyone was doing it, so I wanted to do it. And I, it was this one moment when I was doing a podcast online where I was like looking at someone through this computer screen and it kind of felt like it, it felt like a like an like a sort of a, a futuristic sort of um, like manhole cover sort of say like it wasn't even it felt like the conversation wasn't even real like it wasn't even a real conversation it felt like I was just sort of staring at someone else who was staring through a lens into me and it kind of and I kind of feel like in life we don't realize how much we actually lose by not having real in a real like sort of personal dialogue because you know a conversation or a moment in life is not just visual and it's not just sound for example it's all above you know it's everything and there's, there's things that we don't see um especially when you're in person with someone that are you know metaphysical things that we have yet to discover that are operating and moving certain torus fields and things that are interacting between one another that you don't get when you're on technology you know it's cool that we can do this course it's cool that's why we're doing it because you know used all all you listening and watching right now provides you know we might be providing you something but you also provide us because we we're also longing for the same things what you're longing for you know we want the community that's why we're here because we want the community if we wouldn't be doing this if we don't want the community too uh, just like you do you know so we get the so in a way we're turning up for you but you are also turning up for us because we kind of want the same thing what you want yeah um but we're all just trying to figure this out you know i think people like take for granted the importance of having someone physically present with you like scientific studies have shown that having someone a close one like someone that you're close to around you calms your nervous system and there was a scientific experiment done where it was a, I think it was a woman with her partner and the woman was by herself in one of the experiments where she was being shown distress in images and her hypothalamus was like going, like is it, it was going in overdrive. But when her husband was in the room and the same experiment was conducted, the hypothalamus was, you know, it was calm. It was like, it was all right. So from a scientific perspective, like we need people around us. And I think that's why, you know, social distancing's in place. And we're kind of being told that, you know, one person in a shop only, blah, 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 all these sorts of things to kind of segregate us into our little boxes so we're more easy to control and manipulate because when you're by yourself and you're fearful, you're, you're more easy to control. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've skipped so many questions. I don't even know where I'm at now. I've seen one before. It was something like, um, <coughs> do you think talking about Bill Gates and the vaccine and the agendas, like, you know, just perpetuating that reality? Yeah, definitely. And, oh, there it we does. Go. We are. So it was Julian that said, "Is attention to COVID, Bill Gates, vaccines, MKUltra, etc., only feeding more energy to those things and making them part of our reality? We are bombarded by it every day, and how can we win?" I think. Yeah, I think. I know we're like we're hypocrites because we're literally talking about the same things, and I feel myself getting drawn into that reality. It's. I feel like that. Um, it's like an emotional addiction, kind of like, oh, that they're really like doing us dirty, kind yeah. of thing. Oh, they're doing us dirty. They're doing us dirty. What are they gonna <laughs> do next? Ooh, <laughs> like it is true. It is. I do. I kind of feel that that emotional addiction with me to be like, oh, what they're doing now? Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> but like, but I also feel like us in our lives we're moving towards something we're putting a lot of our energy when we're not on the podcast I know we're doing this as well but when we're not doing the podcast we're like working towards 
manifest in a, a more desirable future which doesn't involve vaccines and and all this nonsense it involves living more c- closely connected to the land but i think I, there's a line between being educated and being like consumed by it so i'm still trying to find that balance and i know that overly focusing on it and putting my energy towards it is helping manifest that reality so i'm kind of help trying to find that balance within myself yeah and like i'm really sorry if i miss any comments and, and questions and stuff because it jumped it jumps quite a lot just to let you guys know but this this question here is by i see you now said do you think people like us will be masters in the future because we won't be able to connect with zombie masses who have fallen for the lies you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting dynamic i kind of feel like I've got many different theories around this, how this one's going to play out. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, maybe it's like what Dolores Cannon says, that there's going to be a splitting of consciousness. So maybe that reality will go on and the reality that we see won't be like that, you know. So maybe the reality that plays out in, you know, through your lens, what you're creating, may be very different to, to that sort of reality that you're seeing now, sort of say, you know. I don't I don't know how that's, how, how that's going to play out. You know, maybe, for example, maybe we would just... Maybe we're all going to get forced to to be dumbed out, you know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they're all they're going to physically put us down on a pedestal and force us to do certain things and play out certain acts. I don't think that's going to be the case, you know. But I feel like we are going to be. I think like certain ways of life, life, um, certain lenses of reality is very is going to be come very, come very much to the surface over the next couple of years, um. Because it's clear right now on the planet there is two different realities that's playing out. You know, there's groups of people who want to have sovereignty over the self and want to have sovereignty over the consciousness, want to move their lives in a certain direction, have free will to do that. But other systems don't want to do that. They want to dictate the rhythms of that, you know, and control it. Um, um, you know, what's the word? Commercialize y- your life, commercialize your uh, mind and your body. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, you know, what way that sort of goes, you know. Yeah. Will it be like Hunger Games, you know, where we're, maybe it will be like Hunger Games where we're all living on the edge of civilization, you know. And they were all, all hiding away, all running at the willow tree. <laughs> are you, are you coming here with me to <laughs> run by my side so we can be free? <laughs> yeah. who, who knows, you know what I mean? I like to, in my mind, I like to see us all living like, you know, living in a little uh, lands, you know, living like in paradise while they're in, in cities. But I don't know. I don't know how things are going to play out, which I think, it's a very interesting time to be alive and I think this is why we've all kind of incarnated at this time to experience this wild roller coaster. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, you know, we, we're, all, we're, all, we're all here for a reason. We're all here to try and change something. You know, it's like, I'd, you know, like, like I say, because, you know, we, for example, like I'm not... Um, I'm not ignorant enough to just suggest that there's only, that the only way is to go off grid and stuff like that, you know. I understand that there's many different realities all playing out in, in this place, you know, and um, it kind of could play out any single way, you know. And at the end of the day, like, we're all, we're all, we're all we, you know, we're all the same anyway, you know. It's like some people just have different points of view and perspectives, you know. Because I kind of feel like we're all, we're, you know, we all don't know what, what this place is. We all don't know what's going on. We're all... Unders- are all healing ourselves we're all on a fundamental level of all, are all the same thing um, so to say that there is like say that some pe- one group of people's bad or, and we're better than them is it's it's not the right thing to do you know we're all we're all just trying to figure it out through your lens of their lens of consciousness you know so I kind of for example you know because it's sometimes I feel it in me wanting to call people that are not awake and stuff like that but who am I to say that you know who am I to say that someone that's not awake and I am 
because yeah. um, I was I was definitely asleep if you want to use that word at one point in my life um, I think we're, we were all asleep you know we're all waking up um, but, you know I just but we whatever whatever's going on here is interesting we're all moving to we're all moving to something anyway and it's, it's, it's starting to heat up and getting interesting that's for sure should I read a couple more yeah um, so Dean Thorpe says most are that's Laura's cute to say she wants to go to bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> or she wants down. to eat or she wants to eat beer I don't know about you guys, but my I have, a, eat food. <laughs> I have like a, a social battery where that like kind of just drops off at a certain point and I just kind of go like silent and in my own head. So, yeah, that's why. Yeah, my social battery's through the roof. Yeah. You're more extra. <laughs> I'm an Aries. Yeah. <laughs> so Dean Thorpe says, most are unaware, yet the evil is still evident. I suppose if you can ignore it, it's okay. But I think if no one focused on it, then it would go unchallenged. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think it's all about having that healthy balance of being educated on it but not being consumed by it because I feel like a lot of like truther channels can kind of have this um what's the word like Stockholm Stockholm syndrome where they they know what's happening but they kind of feed off that energy and kind of promote nothing but despair and helplessness which is you know it ultimately works for the agenda as well so they're kind of puppets of the beast as well someone said Yusum Hussein said, "Do you like hedgehog houses?" <laughs> I've never, I've never heard of that before. There's some, re- there's some really cool alternative ways of living, though, that that people are starting to promote now. You know, I've even seen people living in containers and stuff. Like you can get these big, solid containers that people living in tiny homes. Um, there's many different alternative ways now. Um, when I visited Emma Orbach, she was like living in a, a hobbit house. Like I said before, that was made out of um, shit and uh, dirt. But there's so many different ways of alternative ways of living. Like for example, people are, are living in vans, you know. Now people are, are are living in so many trying to find di- loads of different alternative um, mediums. I really I really feel like you know there'd be there'd be so much um, there'd be so much there'd be it would be interesting to see you know if if we could if we could actually if if the world promoted a different way of living you know how how healthy people's lives would be you know how 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 health would look like on the ground level you know. Because I feel like health, I think, I'm not saying that, like, because I think I, I'm trying to be conscientious, you know, and I, I know that uh, something tells, inside tells me that we all need to move closer towards being self-reliant to, to try and beat the beast, you know. I really I really feel that. But how how does that look on a grand scale, you know? Can can the whole of civilization go and live off grid, you know? I, I, I don't know. I don't know all the answers. I'm just trying to operate through my own lens of reality and move closer towards what I feel in my heart, which you can all, all do. Can we create, like Michael Tellinger, can we, like, like the first question I asked in this one, can we create systems within a town? You know, can we regenerate a system in, in a place uh, with the current, the way that's set up? Maybe, of course we can. We can do anything, you know? Um, we can do anything we want. Um, I don't know how it's going to look. It's going to look different, like that reality, how it plays out in terms of moving towards your spirit. You know, moving from physically and metaphysically is going to look different for every single person. You know, and for me to tell someone else that this is what it has to be or this is how it has to look, it's it's not going to be like that. It's going to be different for every single person, and, it's, and it should be. You know, yeah. Because your idea of like the Garden of Eden is different to mine. You know, um, you know so. So, uh, 95, um, Rob says, what is the craziest synchronicity you have experienced? Um, yeah, so for, for me, the, I don't know if it was, 
craziest I've had loads of synchronicities for sure but I'm trying to think of a bit of a different one because um, I think I don't know if Laura's going to say the same one that I'm going to say so um, she might not but anyway but I'll I'll say a bit of a different one uh, I don't know I'm trying to think this is well this is a bit of a different answer right but I had this experience where and it I don't know if this is I don't know if you'd call this a synchronicity I don't think this is really a synchronicity but it's just sort of I don't know where my mind's going but I had this experience once when I was driving at work where I had a moment of where I was driving down the road and I was coming around this highway, around the bend. This is not a synchronicity. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I just want to because I think it's cool. And I was coming around the bend and all of a sudden I was I had this flash and I was actually back about, how many cars were there back? Maybe about seven or eight cars back in traffic to where I was, was before and, and, and back, sort of back in time driving through the road again and it was like I had a flash of where whatever like time dilation or something I know people call it that or whatever you want to call it but it was sort of a, a relapse in time where I sort of lost lost some time and jumped back in reality whatever whatever went on there I don't know what went on there but something went on for sure yeah do you want to actually give a synchronicity <laughs> what one were you thinking of like before well I was thinking of the synchronicity of, of how we actually how, how we actually met yeah, we could talk about that. Um, do you want to talk about it? Give a personal one, a personal synchronicity. Can you think of one? Uh, it's a really long story. I had, I did a whole video about it on my YouTube. It's about a psychedelic experience I had. That was all surrounding, um, like the number three, 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 and what it meant to us, and how it related to my childhood and everything. So that was like, I actually got a tattoo about what it meant. Because you know when we say we are the center of the mandala, like. I have a tattoo of that, which, which represents that. That was whole. That was all tied to a, a psychedelic experience. But it's it's a really long story. So if you want to go check it out on my channel, it's on there. But yeah. Some guy asked. Uh, let me see. So Dale Weber said, uh, "When do you plan for full time van life?" Yeah. So we're planning very very soon. To be honest, like really very soon. Um. Well, obviously over the last, like I said, it's been a process for me. I've been moving a lot of things around in my life because I was very much, like I said, I was very much tied to the matrix, um, you know, a couple of years ago. So I've had to move a lot of things fast in my life to get to the place, place that I want to be. Um, but we're just currently working on the van at the minute. We're still we're very close now, close to doing it now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, um, I had a, when I was initially doing the podcast, I had like a little transit. And I was I was driving around and I was doing all these podcasts, driving so many hours and stuff. And I was um, working a normal job. And then I was like doing the podcast and it was taking a lot out of us, you know. And I was really sort of dancing between these two different lives where I was Babylon and then working a normal job and then jumping back in and doing the podcast. And it was taking a lot out of us because it felt like, you know, this podcast is like a job, all the editing and stuff. And it really felt like a dance between the two worlds. Um, and... I was in the, you know, I was, all, all honesty, I really wanted to, I was always moving towards this lifestyle anyway before all these things played out in the in the world played out now, but it's really started to change the game a little bit different and force us to move things quicker. But I was, um, I had a little van and I was just, my plan was honestly just to jump in that. It's got no water in it, it's nothing. It's literally was just like a small transit and it had nothing in the back. It was like a really cheap van that I bought a long time ago. And I was planning on just jumping in the back of that and just driving wherever I drove and just, just washing in the sea 
um you know very very minimal and basic um but like it's very interesting because the way the world's changed now it's made that a lot difficult to do that you know for example like because you could go and use a public toilet for example or you could um you know whatever it may be you could you could operate and you maybe could go to a, a gym for a shower or something like that but you know the current situation that's playing out now it's gonna the way it is right now it's a lot harder to do that especially when you you know you won't attail to certain things that's playing out it makes that game a little bit harder so for me at the minute that's why i'm taking a little bit of time on the van to make it better because i don't want to have to um you know i don't want to have to be tested or something just to have a shower i don't want to be tested to buy some food or something you know um so i'm sort of going a little bit making it like taking a little bit of effort and more time to make the van the current van a bit better so we can so I, so me and Laura can sort of try and stay away from all that that's currently going on you know as long as we can yeah I'm looking forward to living more closely to nature and just kind of just ha- being in that fresh environment every day because I feel like if when we're in the same place all the time and we're doing the same routines we're driving the same way to work every day you know when might go for a jog and use the same jogging route every day I think it kind of stagnates your energy and, and kind of lessens your inspiration for creative projects in life a bit so I'm, I'm really looking forward to like being in a new environment and seeing what that brings of just in terms of inspiration and creativity and things like that so i'm yeah. looking forward to it yeah definitely to answer one more question so dan hill says life is just a dream and we are all the imagination of ourselves bill hicks i love i love that you know it, it, well it is you know because life is like uh, yeah as, as sean wrote there bill hicks was a walk was walk me brother he, he was you know bill hicks was well ahead of his time i always love his famous uh, comedy act where he says you know life is just a ride it, it, shut it, him up. yeah shut him up we tell them people to shut up but you know we've got a lot invested in this ride <laughs> Look at his browns of frowns of furry. He's got it's gotta be real. Look at my kids, look at my bank account. It's not. It's just a fucking ride. <laughs> but it, you know, but it is true, I think um you know, I'm like I said, I'm I'm guilty of this too, you know. We take life far too serious. Um and it's trying to break them cycles, you know, because I feel like there's gonna be a time on this planet, you know, where we it's as you get older and older and older, you know, you just like you just start realising that. You know, like life's too short, you know. It re it really is and um, but, but like I said, it's just it's a process trying to take away the shackles of, of the fears that come with that, you know, because like, like I said, the whole world's set up in a way to keep you locked in to like the 3D mentality where you, you need to be fearful, you know, you need to, you need to have a mortgage, you know, you need to um, have a retirement plan, you know, and I'm not saying in this physical dense reality for your game, you might, you might want that, you know, you might need that, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but I had that at one point and it, it, it you know, it wasn't for me, you know. So um, I kind of feel like we, we all in life we'd all just want different things, and you just have to find what you want. Um, I've got I've got friends who who are very um, spiritually awakened, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, and they're happy just doing, they're happy just working. A um, some some like some of the happiest people I know are, are binmen, you know, and are just tradesmen who just work tradesmen, and they can just work when they want, self-employed, and they because a lot of my friends are tradesmen, and um, you know, they're, they're, they're really happy. Doing what they want to do, so I kind of feel like you just got to try and work a life to to whatever you want to do, and it might fall flat on its face. You might try something new, and it might like I've I've tried loads of business adventures and they fell flat <laughs> flat on my face. I remember tried a business when I was like how old was I? Eighteen years old or seventeen years old, and it was it was actually going very well. And then I just didn't like it. I just didn't, I really didn't like the energy from it. It was just too much. So I just decided to just completely give it up. 
and not do it and then change try do something else so I kind of feel like we just gotta keep trying you know it's like that's what life's about just take a risk and just do it and see what see what happens because one day you're going to be on your deathbed and you, it's everyone always says when they're on the deathbed they never it always um because i had a I had a close friend who worked in a care home and all all every single time when pe- all people died they always said it was the things that they never did that they regretted not the things they don't done yeah. so you know i think it's this realization that it keeps taking me back to this realization that it's like everything is like this moment is fleeting like you look back at something two years ago and you're like oh that was so nice then a part of me is like why didn't I appreciate that more and I think it's 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 just about appreciating like where you are in this moment like to its fullest because it's going to be different in 10 years time it's going to be different tomorrow you know when you look back over your life you're going to be like oh that was so great but why didn't I take advantage of that more so it's it's just about getting to that state of gratitude within yourself yeah definitely yeah. just be, just before we go on answer this Dave says I tried starting a business uh, making a concrete helicopter but I, it didn't take off <laughs> I love that that's a good one I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick little funny story I had a friend um, just about sort of taking life sort of not sort of holding life so solid and not worrying about certain things in one of my old jobs I had a friend who I don't know how the hell he did this but it's so funny it's, it's the lesson of the reaction what he gave was the best but he, he, he drove um, a van into a helicopter that was parked up. Um, it's so funny. So he caused, I think, half a million pounds worth of damage and he crashed into a helicopter. And um, he got called into the manager's office. And and um, how do you explain this one, um, Darren? <laughs> and he just went, I can't. <laughs> and he just walked out the door. <laughs> Never returned. <laughs> never returned. But he never, he never, he never did, he never did not, um, he never cried. He never, he never like um, stressed over it. He just went, oh, well, <laughs> it's life. You know, so I kind of feel like we can all sometimes do that in life, you know, just we all make mistakes, you know, whether it's crashing into a helicopter or making a helicopter out of concrete um, yeah. and doesn't fly. But you know. it's not feeling shame <laughs> about those things. It's just like learning to laugh them off and brush them off because it's that's all it is at the end of the day. Like, We'll get like a hundred years here, Max. So just learn to laugh things off and not internalize it and feel shame about stupid things. Yeah, definitely. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much, everyone, for turning up. It's I really appreciate it, and it's always cool as always. Just, just like a hangout, you know, it's really cool. But yeah. we do more of these in the future anyway. So I'm looking forward to seeing you all. all right. Peace out. Peace out. Catch Love you on the next one. Love you all. Peace Bye. out. Bye. Thanks so much for checking out that podcast conversation there with me, and Laura. Hope you liked it. Um. I know, obviously, as you guys can tell, um, the podcasts are really starting to sort of come out um, more and more rapid, you know, um, over the last over the last couple of uh, weeks and months. As it sort of, with me doing the podcast by myself, you know, it really gives me that freedom to sort of speak about raw topics that are currently just on my mind, you know, and I think it's something so beautiful about that. I kind of feel I loved it in the past when I was doing podcasts with people, but right now on the journey, it's it's I'm having a lot of interesting experiences and um, things that I'm coming across on my journey, and it's, I love just sharing them raw in the moment. And also it gives me the freedom, you know, to, to give you guys more and more regular content. Um, so I hope you like that anyway. Um, and also in a few days time I'm going to be putting out another podcast I'm just currently working on the idea it's one that I'm going to be doing by myself I had a really interesting experience just to give you a bit of heads up where I had a psychedelic experience and as you guys know these things take you so far out there and these experiences are really interesting and give you such so much beautiful introspection and this was definitely one of them but I'm just trying to sort of 
bring it trying to understand it and bring it in, bring it to sort of bring language to it in a way where you can actually understand so that should be out in a few days time anyway if you can guys as always check out the one-off donation option and the patreon page because you know them two platforms you know they really do sort of um you know they really do sort of give uh, uh, give and create a, a platform for me which to, to keep doing what i'm doing you know because this podcast doesn't have big fancy budgets you know it's a home gr- uh, grown podcast crafted podcast and um you know basically just um gives me that little bit of sort of a leeway where i can sort of continue to keep doing what i'm doing you know um, so if you, if you, I appreciate it, if you can find it in your heart, um, you know, even the price of a cup of coffee, it goes such a long way just to help me to keep this going anyway. So just to play this podcast out as I always do, this is a really cool song that I love. It is by um, an artist called Mowgli and the, ro- uh, the, the road, the song is called Road, uh, road Holes. It's a beautiful song. So enjoy anyway and I'll catch you when the next podcast is out in a few days time. Peace out wherever you are in the world and have a great day and keep seeking as always. Peace out.